But hear and answer prayer, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. In Scripture, we read of many individuals, men and women, who by the Word of God were brought to that point of coming to a crossroads in their lives. You think of the likes of King Agrippa, a man who heard faithfully the preaching of the Apostle Paul, a man who was convinced about his own need. He realized he needed to become a Christian. And he spoke to the Apostle Paul and he said, Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. He was almost persuaded, but of course he wasn't fully persuaded. You think of the likes of Felix, who trembled at the very thought of the righteousness of God and hearing the need to be converted and the need to be saved. The rich young ruler, another individual brought to a crossroads in his life. When he was presented and confronted with his own personal need of conversion and turning to the Lord. And yet, tragically, he continued on in his sin. You see, God in his mercy brings men and women to stop and to consider the direction and the destination their lives are taking. Here we read about another young man here in 1 Samuel 30 who was, in a sense, brought to stop and consider. He was brought to a crossroads in his life. And yet we do rejoice that this young man, unlike Felix and Agrippa and the rich young ruler, praise God, the direction of his life changed and it changed forever. Here we have a wonderful and a very clear picture of the gospel. And I trust that as we consider this account this evening, that the Lord will bring us afresh to consider the gospel message here found in the picture of this young individual. There is wonderful liberty in Christ. And so this evening we're going to just consider the young Egyptian, a picture of the gospel. Consider with me here the condition of this individual. We read about that from verse 11 through down here to the verse 13. And there are a number of things that we're told and we're informed about regarding this young man. I want you to consider here that we're told he was a sinner. We read in verse 11 that they found an Egyptian in the field. Now when we read about Egypt in scripture, the Egyptians were what we term polytheists. So they had many national and local deities and gods. And there are so many religions in the world like that even today. And so their whole religion was a religion of multiple gods. They bowed down and they worshipped those emblems and those things like the Nile and the sun and the moon etc. They had many gods. Here we read about a young man who was an Egyptian. So he was a young man who had many idols. He had many gods. He was a sinner. But we also are told here about him in verse 13 that he was a slave. Whenever David asked him the question, To whom belongest thou? Whence art thou? He said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite. He was a young man under bondage and under 
slavery. In that sense, his life was not his own. He was under the control, the influence, and the power of his master. And they were also told about this young man that he was not only a sinner and he was a slave, but he was sick. We would do well to stop, wouldn't we? Here for a moment and to think of the reality that here was a young man in tremendous need. He had served his master. We have no doubt to believe that he served his master well. But in a moment of time, he is abandoned. He is forsaken. He's left there to die like an animal, as it were, in the wilderness. Here is a young man who is facing death. Not under scores, doesn't it? The brevity of life. The frailty of our lives. Each one of us, our lives are brief and they are short. We do not know what a day may bring forth. He was a young man, a young Egyptian man, a young man of many gods, and he is in tremendous need. But I want you to consider that he was abandoned and he was alone. Consider the value that his master put on his life. Worthless, meaningless. His master left him to die. The picture here of this young man is undoubtedly a very striking picture of so many young people in our nation tonight. Young men and young women who are under the bondage and the influence of sin, whose lives are destroyed, they're ravaged. And here's what the devil will do with that life at the end of the day. He will abandon them and leave them to die. Here's a young man in tremendous need. Verse 12 underscores, doesn't it, the severity of his condition. For it says here that he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water three days and three nights. Now the body can do without food. But it certainly cannot do. And it can do without food for a a certain period of time. But the body cannot do without water. I think, isn't it, our bodies are made up of something like 85% of our bodies are water. And the body needs water. It can't survive without water. So this underscores, here's a young man at the very point of death. A young man facing eternity. A young man is conditionally such. He's in tremendous need. What a picture we have of man without the Lord. Man standing as a sinner with many idols in his heart. Man standing under the dominion and the bondage on control of Satan. Man in great need, facing eternity, unprepared, unready. The condition of the young man. But I want you to also consider here the compassion that he received. The compassion. It says here in the verse 11, And they found, they found an Egyptian in the field. Notice here that this young man was sought out and he was found. Praise the Lord for the message of the gospel. Praise the Lord of the Lord Jesus Christ. Came into the world to save sinners. He's a son of man come to seek and to save that which was lost. You see, no individual, no person can in all honesty or truthfully say that they found the Lord. Rather, it is the Lord who seeks a sinner. Man is going away from God. Man is hiding from God. He's at enmity against God. 
And yet it is the Lord who seeks man. It is the Lord who comes to man. And here we find that David's men, they found him. You see, they were there scouring the countryside. They were on a rescue mission. They were looking and they found this young man. Though that we would find men and women. That we would seek to help men and women. That we would be looking for men and women. It underscores, doesn't it, the great mandate and mission of the church to reach out to a lost and to a fallen world. To seek to bring the good and the grand news of the message of the gospel of Christ. We are to go out and to reach men and women and to present Christ to them. But here we find that David's men, as they found this young man, they did something that each one of us needs to do. They brought this young man to their master. They brought him to David. And David here is a picture of Christ. And we think of the Lord Jesus Christ, our greater David. And we are to go out and to reach men and women. And we can certainly bring them by prayer to the Lord, before the Lord. But as we even think about reaching men and women, we can bring them to God's house. We can bring them to the gospel mission. We can bring them before the Lord. We can bring them to our greater David. We find here that this young man, the compassion that he found, that he was one who was found, but he was also fed. Look at verse 11. It says, I found an Egyptian in the field, brought him to David, and gave him bread, and he did eat, and they made him drink water. Now I want you to stop and consider how David dealt with him. This is very humbling. Because here was a young man who had wronged David. Here's a young man who had stolen from him, who had burnt his city down, who had been, who treated him so desperately and desperately wicked. Here was a young man who had treated David so cruelly, his family. But notice how David dealt with him. It's a picture of the gospel. We do not deserve anything from God. We do not deserve the very least of God's mercies. We're undeserving. We're ill-deserving sinners. God's word is like a mirror. And when we look into the mirror, we see ourselves as we really are. We see ourselves as God sees us. And tonight as we look into the mirror of God's word, we can all see ourselves, can't we, in the picture of this young man. This young Egyptian. Undeserving. And yet notice how David dealt with him. Now we would expect, wouldn't we? David upon finding this young man who had wronged him. Who had carried his family away. After getting the information, David would just draw out his sword and run him through. Get justice. But he didn't do that. He gave him bread. He gave him water. He treated him so mercifully. He was a young man at the point of death in great need. And notice how David spoke to him. And how David was compassionate upon him. It's humbling to think, isn't it, that we were enmity against God and yet the Lord brought us to Christ. He sought us out. Here we have a picture of the provision of Christ. Notice in verse 11 that he was given bread and he was given water. Now, when we think about bread and water, that's all the body needs to survive, to live. Bread and water. And it speaks about sufficiency. And can I say you're in our service tonight, you're not a Christian. All that you need is Christ. He is everything you need. He is that bread of life. He is a well of salvation. He is the one who alone is sufficient to save, to rescue you. 
He alone can provide for your need. All that you and I need is found in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. But notice here, they didn't just give him bread and water. That's not just all David gave to him. Look at verse 12. And they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. That is the abundance of the provision of Christ. You see, not only does the Lord save us and give to us what we need, ah, but he blesses us above all measure. He saves us from eternal ruin, from everlasting punishment. And then he brings us into his banqueting house. His banner over us is love. He blesses us above all measure. What a picture of Christ. You think of the provision that this young man received. And the provision that we have alone is met in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. A provision that, of course, was purchased with high price. When the Lord Jesus there died on the cross, became our substitute and died for our sins. I want you to consider with me here just very briefly, momentarily in closing, this young man, we not only see his condition and the compassion that he received, but think of his conversion. What a picture of the gospel. A young man, you notice here, whenever David asked him the question, to whom belongest thou? Who do you belong to? I want to ask you that question. Who do you belong to? It's either Christ or the devil. It's heaven or hell. Who do you belong to? Notice what he said in verse 14. Notice his response. We made an invasion upon the south of the Cherethites, upon the coast which belongeth to Judah, upon the south of Caleb, and we burned Zechbag with fire. Do you know what he does? He takes the sinner's place. He openly confesses his wrongdoing. David, I hold my hand up, David. I burnt your city. I treated your family like that. I'm guilty. The greatest need that we have, of course, is God's forgiveness. You must realize that you're a sinner in need of his forgiveness. Charles Simpson was a scientist who discovered chloroform, that colorless, odorless liquid. He discovered many, he made many scientific, wonderful discoveries. And on Christmas Day, 1861, he confessed that the greatest discovery he ever made was when he realized that he was a sinner and that Christ alone could save him. He said, that's the greatest discovery a man can ever make in life. Tell me, have you made that discovery? The young man was asked by David to lead him down, to direct him back to the soldiers so he could rescue his family. And he turned to David and he said to David, David, I'll do it in one condition. You don't deliver me back to my master. You see, here was a young man. He had tasted how his master, his new master had treated him. And he wanted to stay with him. He wasn't going to go back to the old life. And there's a wonderful picture of the freedom, the liberty that there is in Christ. He stood and he looked over his old life. They were eating, drinking, dancing, doing all of those things. But he says, no. I'm staying with David. My old master abandoned me, left me, almost destroyed me. Oh, but my new master, he's been so merciful and gracious to me. Just a closing thought. Very simple thought. This young man 
was brought to a crossroads. He was at the very point of death. He was brought right back from that point of death. He was rescued and recovered. But I want you to consider this. It tells us, and when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him. You see, it wasn't enough for him to receive the offer of the bread and the water. It wasn't enough for him to be presented with the things able to sustain him and to meet his need. He had to partake. He had to eat. He had to drink. He could have refused. And he would have perished. And tonight Jesus Christ is presented to you as your only saviour. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Seek the Lord tonight. Call upon him. Partake of Christ. And you will find in him. You're all in all. Who do you belong to? Who is it? I trust tonight if you're not saved. You'll come to the Lord Jesus Christ. May God bless his word to our hearts for Jesus' sake. Amen.